Many years ago when I was working as a bouncer at the nightclub, a friend of mine got fired. And literally next day I saw him at the gym training somebody. And I remember he had a stopwatch in his hand and he just kept timing everything. So stop, rest, hold, go. And the whole time I was looking over I couldn't figure out the pattern. So when he was done working with his client I came over and asked him what methodology he was using. And he just laughed in my face and told me that there is no methodology and he just trying to make it look sophisticated for his client. And it was a big eye-opening experience for me because until that moment I didn't know that there is no strict licensing regulation to being a personal trainer. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know about it. And when they paying a lot of money for all these very expensive personal trainers, they think they hire a highly qualified professional. And most importantly, they feel safe when personal trainers put them through all these elaborate training routines. But unfortunately, that's not the case. I remember I was teaching my daughter kickboxing at the gym. And next, next to us, there was a personal trainer working with a young woman. And she kept looking over and I guess the personal trainer realized that she was kind of interested in what we were doing. So of course, next time we see them, he's teaching her kickboxing. But as we all know, personal trainers always have to step things up. So he's not teaching her basics like I was teaching my kid. And instead everything is spinning back kicks while she was holding heavy dumbbells in her hands and also it looked like he was teaching her how to fight a few different opponents at the same time and right away I told my daughter that he was gonna injure her knee and I saw that lady on crutches at the hospital where I work a week later and that's why it blows my mind that me being a physical therapist although most of our interventions are pretty mild and yet still we are being so heavily regulated to make sure that everything is safe while personal trainers these days are pretty much allowed to run wild at the gym and I believe that the reason for such situation is because at the end of the day there is really still no consensus on what is, what is it that we are supposed to be doing at the gym and if you look up any official recommendations you will see that everything is so vague to the point where it's pretty much useless. And I mentioned exercise recommendations on the Department of Health website. And I invite you to go and check it out and see if any of the information listed there helps you figure out what is it that you're supposed to do at the gym. And we can only speculate how much money was spent on that project. And I don't understand why instead our government couldn't just gather experts in this field and have them create templates, exercise templates for people in different age groups and with different goals and also specify how things could be modified depending on various conditions. And mind you, I say templates and not guidelines because things like that already exist and I have... Uh, this book, Amer American College of Sports Medicine Guidelines for Exercise Testing and Prescription. And there is a lot of information in this book, but it seems that you already have to be an expert on this subject for you to be able to use it. And uh, the question arises, what is the rest of the population supposed to do? Hire a personal trainer and hope that you get a good one, I guess.
And instead of uh, creating these templates, it seems that our exercise science academia is a little preoccupied with randomized controlled trials these days because there is this great push on evidence-based practice. And this seems to be kind of unique to the area of strength and conditioning because you don't really see anything like that anywhere else. So for example, nobody's conducting any research in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And yet the sport is developing at astonishing rates. If you look at what high level of Jiu-Jitsu is now and compare it to what would be considered high level of Jiu-Jitsu 20 years ago, it might not even look like the same sport anymore. While I can't really think of any significant progress that we have made in 20 years in the, in the field of strength and conditioning, which kind of makes you wonder if, if all of this research is a bit of a waste of time and just a way for people to get PhD next to their names. And in the meantime, uh, knowledge of experienced coaches without formal title next to their names seems to be ignored or as or being viewed as as anecdotal evidence because I think a lot of people think that college sports sports exercise programs will have the best information on this topic and if somebody went to somebody has a bachelor degree in exercise science and that person studied exercise science for four years, you must really know a lot about exercise at the end of that. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And if you look at the curriculum of exercise science uh, bachelor degree program, you might be surprised to find out how little of it has anything to do with exercise. And for the most part, you take the same classes as students in all different majors have to take. And it's even worse in the field of physical therapy because for us, before we can even apply to physical therapy school, we already have to have a bachelor degree in something. And I guess the reason for that is that they want you to be a well-rounded person and also have some scientific background. But it kind of makes you wonder, what was the high school for? And why are we so content with the fact that our high schools provide such low level of education? I mentioned in one of my previous videos that it seems that my daughter doesn't even study half of what I had to study at her age many years ago. If you compare the level of physics and chemistry that I had to take and also my math would probably be something that could be considered, uh, my high school math would probably be considered college level calculus here in the United States. And I'm not trying to say that I believe that the high school should be so hard, as hard as mine was. But my question really is, if the level of education public schools in United States provide is so much lower, why the school here is actually longer? So my school was 10 years, and here if you add elementary, middle school, and high school, you get 12. It makes you wonder, what is going on in these schools? And um, I guess somebody can say that, well, at least it keeps our kids off the streets. But in my opinion, that's not good enough. Because if you have kids that are older now, you might notice that when they were younger, they were full of all these dreams and curiosity. And then by the time they turn teenagers, 
all of a sudden it's all gone. And I'm sure there are a lot of possible reasons for why that happens, but I'm pretty sure that at least partially it happens because that's the age when they start to realize that for the most part what they're being taught in schools is a waste of time. And they are so sick of stagnating in these classrooms during these last few years of high school that by the end, by the time they're old enough to go to college, they already hate studying so much that they would rather just settle for some low-skill job. And I believe that the way our education system is set up right now, it kind of filters out all the talented kids that didn't feel like wasting their time in on this uh, useless education. And the kids that don't really have anything else going on in their lives besides school are actually set for success. And that's why I believe that um, it is time for us to start considering shaving the last few years of high school off and replacing them with some kind of paid community services. And I'm not trying to institute some kind of childhood slavery here, but instead I believe that this could be looked at as giving our kids chance to mature and also by rotating them in different fields help them to find what they are interested in and sort of reignite their curiosity by the time they are old enough to go to college. And on top of that, give them a chance to earn their money for college. So for example, it could be set up in such a way that for you to qualify for financial aid, you have to have three years of community services completed similar to how GI Bill works for the military. And now that you earn your money for college, you will probably appreciate it a little more instead of making college years just to be an extension of your childhood and hoping that some kind of loan forgiveness program will co cover you down the road. Because we appreciate things that we earn more. And that's why I'm not a proponent of um, free college like President Obama was proposing. And although it sounds very nice, and of course everybody loved President Obama, at the end of the day we all know that there is no such thing as free anything. And all that means is that we're just going to have to pay more taxes. And I believe we already pay plenty of taxes in this country. It seems that you pay tax every step you take. And we are very diligent about making sure that everybody pays their taxes. And we have a huge organization called IRS that makes sure that nobody cuts any corners. But I think it's time for us to become as diligent about how our tax money is being spent. And uh, in my opinion, shaving off last few years of high school and replacing them with some kind of paid community services would be one way to go about it. And it doesn't even seem that compressing our education a little bit would be such a difficult task considering that the level of education our public schools provide doesn't seem to be that intense in the first place. And our government would just probably have to gather experts in this field and have them design the best curriculum possible. Where every hour of every school day is planned to perfection. And there is minimum overlap and also get rid of all of the electives because that's what the internet is for 
and so they would have to sit down and decide on what subjects would have to be included and besides some of the more or less traditional subjects we should probably include more of the stuff that modern person should know like economics for example and also me working in healthcare field it always amazes me how little people know about how their body functions and it's kind of interesting that interesting that a square plus b square equals c square was given a higher priority than understanding how your body works and uh, once we decided what classes need to be, classes need to be included in that curriculum now we also have to decide on what depth that should go into so if for example we say that physics needs to be included in the curriculum doesn't really have to be all the way into quantum mechanics and what level of physics a well-rounded person should have or even what is realistic to expect kid to remember from the physics um, class two years down after two years after high school graduation and uh, once this curriculum is set now we have to make sure that it is also backed up by appropriate textbooks because I believe these days there is a little confusion about what is textbook and what is encyclopedia and to illustrate what I mean I have my orthopedic textbook from my college days and this book is almost 2,000 pages long and it was my job to kind of sum it up in something that is a little more manageable and uh, so then I can study for the exam and the whole time I was wondering how come that couldn't be done for me and what I'm saying here is that I believe that experts on various subjects should get together and design the most explicit condensed textbooks possible where every sentence in that textbook is there for a reason and once this perfect curriculum is set and these perfect textbooks are printed now we have to make sure that that minimum level of education is enforced without any exceptions and one way to go about it would be by including questions from various disciplines on the SAT exam instead of making that exam only about math and English and also we should probably place that exam at the end of the high school and not on the year before because that's that just makes last year of high school to be a waste of time and if we did have three years of community services between high school and uh, college there wouldn't be no rush to grade that exam and kids would have plenty of time to catch up in case they fell back for whatever reason because we know the kids mature at different rates and after they catch up they will still have plenty of time to apply to college and now that we are finally in college there is plenty of room for improvement as well and it also has to do with curriculum and the textbooks and on top of that I think our government should link, look into the fact that our colleges should not be allowed to add years to various programs or to require something like four-year degree to be a prerequisite to apply to a particular program so so like a medical uh, school for example and although somebody might say that 
well, wouldn't you pick a more educated doctor versus a less educated doctor? But it's not so obvious how much of that undergrad degree will have anything to do with how good of a doctor that student will become one day. But what we can tell for sure is that four year of undergrad degree will add financial strain on that student. So now, instead of just paying for four years of very expensive medical school, I also have to pay for four years of an undergrad degree that is required for me to apply to medical school. And then also take into account the fact that during these eight years, I probably wasn't able to have any serious job. And now let's say I'm finally graduating med school and I'm a doctor and I have two, three, four hundred thousand dollars of loans and the only source of income I have is me charging my patients for my services. Who do you think at the end of the day is going to pay all that money back for me? And is it really so surprising that our healthcare system is out of control? Because you can spend one day at the hospital even without any significant procedures and your bill will still be, still be in thousands of dollars. Because everybody in that hospital has at least two years of unnecessary college that they had to pay, pay for. So for example, you have a physical therapist with seven years of college walking old lady with a walker. And me being a physical therapist, I believe that if our curriculum was set up optimally and also backed up by appropriate textbooks, it could easily be a two-year degree. And I know some physical therapists might be offended by me saying this because they pride themselves on being doctors. But if you feel that you need more education, that could be set up as something similar to how fellowship works for medical doctors. So for example, after graduating a uh, two-year of basic physical therapy school, you could go to two years of orthopedic fellowship. And now after graduating orthopedic fellowship, you, you would be an expert on orthopedic physical therapy instead of having physical therapists going through seven years of college. And at the end of that, they are jacks of all trades and masters of none. And if physical therapy was a two-year degree that would actually be affordable to be employed at the gym. And they actually would be qualified to deal with something like this. And suddenly things would make a little more sense. And just to, just to kind of wrap it up, I want to say that I know that when you start talking about how scientific research is a waste of time and we have too much education in this country, you immediately make yourself sound like an idiot. But what I'm really trying to say here is that it's time for us to start focusing on quality of our education instead of quantity. And we shouldn't be putting our kids through all these years of unnecessary school just because that's what was done to us.